This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Thank you, honey. Okay, am I on? We good? All right, I'm going to hand this off to you. I um, use uh, electronics. That's, that's the only thing I use other than a cell phone. Uh, I am illiterate uh, when it comes to these things, but when you get my age, it's easier to have type your notes out than paper because I lose my paper. <laughs> I actually lose my computer <laughs> and my phone and my keys. Come on, men, right? <laughs> and your wife always has them. <laughs> Glory to God. We won't go there. All right. We'll have a coup with the wives here. Glory to God. Well, I want to bring a word to you this morning that I believe is in season for you. Um, I won't bring you a canned word, and I don't believe in that. If I move in the prophetic, I want to bring you a fresh word. And things might get a little kooky during the service, okay? I know you know Gary Hayes. Uh, They all know Roy Stevenson, right? They know Bob Isabel. Okay, they're the sane ones. John Finocchio is even sane. Okay, I'm the wacky American. Okay, when we we actually worked together, Pastor Roy, uh, Pastor John, and uh, Gary, we worked together prophetically, and it's really cool. We call ourselves the three Canadians and the American, and it's really fun, you know. And uh, but I want to talk to you. I kept getting the word season, season, season. So. If I had a title this thing, I'd title it, It's Time to Change Seasons. Okay? And um, I want to give you some did you knows. Did you know, did you know that God said that your disappointments will not cancel your future? They are only temporary. The enemy wants you to think they're permanent. But God says, my grace is sufficient and they're temporary. God puts us through things, but as the prophetic came out in the prayer room this morning, God's in our boat. Jesus will come in our darkest hour, and He'll be in our boat. Did you know that God says if you have faith and believe that your present condition will change, that you have a future? I want to challenge your faith this morning. Listen, I encourage you. This morning I'm going to preach, probably pray over a couple people so that we can get out of here and get some fresh air. Okay? But I encourage you to come back tonight because tonight I'm just going to share a little bit of what God has put on my heart and then I just go for it. I just start prophesying. They drag me out of places. Okay? And um, Pastor Mike, who you all know, Pastor Mike Cervello is my pastor. You know, We've been with him for 32 years. And uh, we were in uh, British Columbia, and I was prophesying over a bunch of pastors, and he's going, we got to catch a flight, and he had me by the back of my shirt, and he was pulling me out, and I was still prophesying over people as I was walking out the door. So I guarantee you, uh, we will have a good time tonight. Listen, God wants us to have a good time. You know, he wants us to be serious with him, but he wants us to have a good time. He wants us to enjoy church. He wants us to smile. Okay? Did you know that God uh, says this? 
He says that failure is only final if you let it be final in your mind. I'm just going to set the stage. I'm going to trap you here, okay? Did you know that if you let the Word of God have place in your heart, He will always produce fruit in your life? Come on now. Did you know that if you let the Word of God have place in your heart, He will make you into a radical, radical child of God? You know, church isn't a place to be quiet. The marketplace is not a place to be quiet. And despite what they tell you at work, it's not a place to be quiet. Oh, you're all looking at me now. We don't know about this guy. If you let the Word of God have its place in your heart, you will turn every accusation against you into a prophetic declaration. Come on now. Come on now. Being stuck in a season of resistance, of rejection, of regrets, of remorse, of rebellion and ridicule are over with for you here in this church. Come on. That season has come and passed. I don't want to be stuck in those bad hours. A new season is coming to this church. A season of restoration. A season of renewal. A season of return. A season of rejoicing. A season of reconciliation. A season of repair. A season of recovering. A season of replanting. And a season of rebuilding is upon you. Come on, we got to believe this. You know, I'm, I'm looking at this fan and I'm thinking to myself, you know what we need to do in Chris, Christians? You know, when there's a fire in a house, they, the firemen put these big uh, fans that suck out the smoke of the house. It's time to put the fan in the windows of your house and smoke out, and, and suck out the rejection and suck out the remorse and suck out all these things that are sucking the very life out of you that's taking your passion from going out and doing what God has called us to do. Come on, we need to get radical. If you get stuck in those hours, those bad hours, it's hard to rebuild a season for, of the new things God has for you. Do you know it's easier to have faith to do something new than it is to have to rebuild something? Where is most of the church today? Knocked down, struck down in rejection and remorse, and they don't have the strength to push the baby out to rebuild. I'm here to tell you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. God says we have the deutimous power inside of us. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the grave is in you. you got everything you need to do what God has called you to do to reach the destiny God has for you. Come on now. Come on, I told you, you know, I'm a little bit strange, so you, you'll get used to me, alright? Glory to God. Ask some of the, the teens from Friday night. We had a great time. Can I say something to you? I love your pastors, and here's why I love them. Because they put, and I don't like to call it the next generation, because they are this generation. They put this generation before 
Sharon and I, before we even got to meet the church. And to us, that blesses my heart. Because as I said to them, many churches we go into, the youth are always somewhere behind the scenes. You know what? You need to be pouring into the youth just as Moses did to pour in and, and to rebirth and, and to, to uh, have the next generation be able to step in to what God would have them to do. They're not second-class citizens in the Kingdom of God. Come on. Come on. God wants us... Here's what I believe God wants to restore and rebuild here in the church. And I have to give myself these lists so that I don't forget them. This is kind of like a prophetic preaching. God wants to restore families in this church. I believe that you know, you're going to start to see families come in. Not just a father or just the mother or just the kids. God's going to start to bring in families. He wants to rebuild. He wants to restore marriages. He wants to build and restore morals. He wants to build and restore finances. He wants to build and restore health. He wants to rebuild and restore businesses. He wants to build and he wants to rebuild and restore education. He wants to to build and rebuild a new spiritual authority in this church, in each and every one of you. It's so important. This list is endless. But you know what? Restoration is a divine principle. It's a divine principle that me and my wife, we firmly believe in that must be operating in the church today in the body of Christ. Because if we don't allow for restoration, then we might as well fold up all the instruments and close the doors and go away because people need restoration today. There are people who have left church. There are prodigals that are waiting to come back to church, but they won't come back to church because they feel, well, we've done too much wrong and the church is perfect and everybody that goes to church is perfect. We can't go back there. You know what? When I talk to prodigals and they say that to me, it scares me because then I think, where's the church at? If they're seeing it that way, we need to open up our doors and say, you're welcome. You're welcome. We're going to restore you. We're going to take you through the restoration process. The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. But I'm going to tell you something. In Galatians 6, 1 and 3, there's a warning in there. You know, it talks about restoring. And it says you need not to. I'm going to give you the American version. You need not look down on those people who need restoration because by the end of the day, you yourself may need the very thing. The very same thing. Oh man, I'm telling you, we are living in the best days. We really are. Isaiah 42.22 says this, Isaiah cried out in the midst of emotions and feelings, but this is a people robbed and plundered All of them are snared in holes. And they are hidden in prison houses. They are prey, and no one says, restore. No one says, restore. God wants to restore all the years that have been stolen from you. You personally. Your children. 
your lives, this church. And that word restore means to bring back to an unimpaired state or condition. Restoration and rebuilding is all through the Old Testament and it's all through the New Testament. I don't have time to go there. But Isaiah 42.22 is God's picture of His church. He sees us in our bondages. He sees us wrapped up in the world. He sees what the enemy has done to us. And in the midst of it all, no one is saying restore. When we pulled into this parking lot and we started to walk up to the door, there was a banner I saw in the Spirit that says this is a house of restoration. Wow. Woo! First Kings 18.41 I think you all know the story of Elijah. And I'm going to give you my version. He basically says, Elijah says, Hey Ahab, look buddy. I don't know what you're hearing or what you're seeing, but I know what I've heard. You'd better go and eat. And I don't know how long you've been without rain. Oh, how dry a season it's been. But I got some news for you. Your season is about to change. I can hear a sound. And the rain is coming. And a new season is coming upon you. You are coming into your rainy season. Church, this church is coming into it's rainy season. You need to get ready. You need to get ready. You need to start listening for the sounds of the house. What are the sounds of the house? A healthy church. A rich body of believers. A church on fire. A victorious church. An authoritative church. A devil-defeating, God-believing, Holy Spirit-believing, revival-waiting church that says we will not be denied our destiny. God is with us. God is for us. And who can be against us? We're going to pick up our mantles. We're going to pick up our tools of warfare. And we're going to go to war. This church is about to go to war. It's going to go to war. What other sounds are you hearing? I'll tell you what I'm hearing. I'm hearing a teenage army starting to be raised up in this church. You need to get ready. You need to get ready. You need to get ready. This church is poised right for revival. I always say to people, put yourself in a place where God can bless you. I tell people, flourish where you're planted. You know, we're a society today, you know, God gives us something and we look at what someone else has had. Well, I want what they got. No! Take what God has given you and flourish with it. God is going to move on this congregation with such unity, it's not going to be funny. I believe every disunity, every disjointed thing in this church is going to start to just fall into unity. God is going to move into the city with such an anointing that signs, wonders, and miracles are going to start to happen. And most of all, deliverance is going to come to those people who are in bondage. 
deliverance. The, the other banner I saw under the church was restoration. And the banner that was right under it, there was a subtitle that said, this is a house of deliverance. Bondages are going to be broken off of people's life. You know, in verse 42, it, it says that Elijah put his face between his knees. Wow. By the way, wow is short for hallelujah, just so you know. You'll hear me say wow a lot. Wow. Elijah prayed, it says, like he never prayed before. I believe this church is about to go into a season of fasting and prayer, and you are going to pray like you never prayed before. And I'm going to tell you something. I feel God is going to bring a strategy to your prayer. I believe that, that Pastor, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth or whatever, and maybe you're doing this already, but I see a bullet list of things and priority of what needs to start to fall into place for this house and everybody having that prayer, little prayer card in front of them and praying bullet after bullet after bullet, praying strategically for what God wants to do in this house. And I'm going to be careful what I say here, but I'm just going to kind of say it. You know, God wants you out of here. I won't go any further because I prayed these poor, your poor pastors, here they taking us on a boat cruise yesterday, and I'm hitting them with the prophetic. Then we go to dinner, and I'm hitting them with the prophetic. And your poor pastor is writing away on his phone. And Sandra's sitting there going, I wish I could say something to you. I wish I could say something to you. We're going to have a long breakfast on Monday. <laughs> and when you pray, it's not going to be the yabba dabba do, let's go to the zoo type of prayer. <laughs> it's going to be prayer. Strategic prayer. It's not going to be, oh, we need this and we need that type of prayers. And it's not going to be that list of needs and wants and, and you're complaining to God, why don't we have this and why don't we have that? It's not going to be any of that kind of prayer. It's going to be strategic, Holy Spirit-filled prayer. And I'm going to tell you something. When Joel called a prayer and fasting, everybody came. Well, I'm glad we got a yes there. There were more yeses over here than over here, just in case you're keeping track, okay? God is turning this house into a house, into a war room. Going to start strategizing. Going to start praying. Going to start raising up some prayer warriors. You know why? God has called you to be champions! The time of being chased by your enemies, the time of being the hunted is over with. You are now going to chase your enemies. You're now going to be the hunters and you're going to be successful in what you're doing. Your cry will be, I will pray. I will pray without ceasing. I will rejoice always in everything. Say this, in everything, I will give thanks. Come on. Come on now. Ooh, I'm getting excited. <laughs> People have asked me, 
What do you think the next move of God is going to be, Charlie? Can I tell you? Are you ready? Okay, here it is. Here's what the next move of God is going to be. God is going to move you and I into becoming more radical Christians. That's the next move. Because we can't move until we become radical. Can't sit there, oh, hallelujah. Now I lay me down to sleep. No. We've got to become violent in our prayers. We've got to be violent in everything that we do. We have got to be courageous. We can't just sit back and, and, and let somebody else do it. If you want to take your city, you want to take your nation, you, you've got to do something. I remember when we first started Compassion Coalition. Let me just tell you, Compassion Coalition is in its 16th year. We started with $40,000. Last year, we did over 11 point, I think my CPA said $11.8 million. And in 15 years, our CPAs came to us and said, you have given over $100 million in product and foods and personal care good back to your communities. $100 million? Come on. That's, that's, that's not us. That's God. That's the provision of God. That's us being obedient to what God said. He said there will always be poor, the poor among you. Go take care of them. I was telling your pastor yesterday, I had a vision of this church. It looked like an arrow, like a big spear. You know what? Many times we think the point of the spear is the most important part of the arrow. I got news for you. That arrow ain't going to go nowhere unless there's feathers on the back end and they're strategically placed. I see this church as the feathers to help bring guidance and to bring stability into people's lives, into government's lives, into schools' lives, into people's lives. How can you do this? How can you become this church of restoration? How can you do these things? Let me check the time make sure I'm okay. Okay. You've got to release yourself from the past. Can I, get, can I get personal with you? I know you don't know me. If you start to look violent, my wife will get the car, start it up, and she'll have it right by the door <laughs> so we can get out of here. But I want, to know, I want you to know something. God wants you to... Re- listen to my words. God wants... You to release yourself from your past. Because God doesn't hold us in our past. We do. And start making decisions that will launch you into the future. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every, say this, bringing every thought into captivity, wow, to the obedience of Christ. Wow. That's, we need to, you know, we need to read our Bible. We need to get, you know, that's a refrigerator scripture. You paste it on your refrigerator because it's the most places, most place we go in our home is our refrigerator, at least at my house. (laughs) When you get on your knees, don't get on your knees to whine, get on your knees to bind. Because the Bible says what we bind. 
and earth bound in heaven. Don't let worry and anxiety overtake you. They're passion robbers. I had someone say to me, oh man, I can't watch the news anymore. I, it, it so depresses me. Turn it off. Listen, when we wear the face of disappointment, we become casual and we become very placid. And the hurts will drive our actions. Listen, I was, my poor wife, she, my poor wife doesn't get to talk to me much before a service because she knows uh, many times I'm, I'm seeking God and God is still speaking to me. And God gave me a scripture this morning and I want to read this to you. The hurts will drive our actions. The hurts will drive our actions. When we wear a face of disappointment, we become casual and placid. Now look at this. In Psalm, Psalm 34. Just bear with me. And I'm going to read... You know, I'm not a big fan of the Message Bible, but I kind of like the way it says it here. I don't read the Message Bible. I use it mainly as sometimes a reference, okay? But it just says it so well here. Listen to this. Listen to David's. I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with His praise. I live and breathe God. If things aren't going well, hear this and be happy. You know what? Pastor, I'm in churches and I would think that their mothers weaned them on dill pickles because that's what they look like. <laughs> Praise God! <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> it says, join me in spreading the news together. Let's get the word out. Get met me... God met me more than halfway. He freed me from my anxious fears. Here it is. Here it is. Verse 5. Get ready. Look at Him. Give Him your warmest smile. Never hide your feelings from Him. Give Him your warmest smile. You know when we smile, we radiate? I mean, we got a smile. Nothing like witnessing to someone, you know, God really loves you. <laughs> oh, you should have come to church Sunday. Oh, we had a ball. We had a blast. Smile for God's sakes. Be radiant. You're a son. You're a child of God. Act like it. Come on. When I was desperate, I called out and God got me out of a tight spot. God's angels set up a circle of protection around me, around us while we pray. Open your mouth and taste and open your eyes and see how good God is. Holy smokes. Come on. Everything we need is in the Bible. Okay. Let me give you another Scripture. Why don't we, instead of letting disappointment come on us and everything, why don't we do what Pastor Joel said to do? Okay? 
Look at this. Joel 2.25 And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, many great army which I sent among you. Let restoration start to come to your lives. Church, I'm speaking directly to you. I have, by the way, your pastor has said nothing to me. These poor people sat on that boat. I think they were ready to jump off the boat. <laughs> I have that effect on people, don't I, Sharon? They, they went out, get away from me. Nothing like having someone on a boat or an airplane. Where are they going to go? I'm going to tell you something right now. I felt this in my spirit. I had to put this in this morning. Church, it's time to take back all that the enemy has stolen from you. Come on. It's time to recover. Do you know what that word recover means? It means to rescue, to snatch away, to tear away from the enemy. Pluck it right out of the enemy's hands. Take back what has been taken from you. Take back what has been stolen from you. You know, in Psalm 18, 38, it says, I chased my enemies and I caught them! I did not quit until they were destroyed. I crushed them. Man, I mean, destroyed, you know, you caught them, you destroyed them, and then you did some more. I crushed them so they couldn't rise up again. Are you getting the point? They fell beneath my feet. Run after them, catch them, destroy them, put them in your garbage disposal, and grind them up. <laughs> because they're beneath your feet. Isaiah 49 24 and 25. Can plunder, listen to this, can plunder be taken from warriors or captives rescued from the fierce? Yes, captives will be taken from warriors and plunder retrieved from the fierce. I will contend with those who contend with you and your children I will save. Come on now. The Word of God is saying, it's okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with you and I'm going to take back what was robbed from you. I'm going to take back what was stolen from you. Come on now, you've got to believe this because I believe God is thrusting this church into its future. It's going to take. It's going to take everything you got. And I can hear, I can hear, oh wait a minute, I'm hearing some voices. Honey, hide the checkbook. Honey, <laughs> hide the wallet. Yeah, it's going to cost you money. It's going to cost, there's going to be a sacrifice. Ed Allen, He's a very good friend of mine. He is in Leduc, Alberta, Canada. Uh, he's a good friend despite he always invites me out in January. And it is freezing cold. And I remember prophesying over him, not knowing what was going on, and I walked up to him and I said, build a new building. Don't go get a building. Go build a new building because if you build it, they'll come. And he writes me after and he goes, Pastor, you don't understand. I only have 120 people. And that includes kids. And I wrote him back and says, you don't understand. <laughs> don't yell at me, yell at God. <laughs> I didn't say it, he said it. I don't know about your building. He builds an $8.5 million building in Leduc. And he calls me every week. 
Oh my God! We baptized 20 more people and 10 more people got saved. And he's growing and growing. He's broaching 400. He's over 400 right now. In growing. See, when God puts a call on your life, when He says, it's time for a comeback, it's time for a comeback. Pastor, it's time for a comeback. I don't know what's been going on here, but God says, everything that's been robbed and taken from you, it's time for a comeback. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 16-19, through 19, it says, listen to this now, David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken. Nothing, say nothing, was missing. Young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken, David brought back what the enemy had stolen. Folks, it's time for your comeback. And God is going to bring back what has been stolen. So you and I have an assignment. We're called to shake our cities. We're called. We're called to shake our cities. We're not called just to come to church and have a great time and go home. We're called to shake our cities. Church should not be taken... This is a place where you come and you praise and you worship together, but church should be taking place outside these four walls. Man, I'm telling you, our city, we are rocking our city. And I get all kinds of, you know, I sit on boards. I was telling your pastor, I sit on boards. I go to, I go to meetings in the city. I'm active in the city. Because if I don't know what's going on in the city, how can I impact my city? And guess what? You've got to love your city. You really do. You've got to love them. But you know what? There is so much you can be doing. Yes, you need to pray. Yes, you need to intercede. Yes, you need to believe and, 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 and believe for your city. But you know what? You've got to go out there and you've got to demonstrate what's going on. You know, if, if I used to work, I worked for Remington Arms, a gun manufacturer. I designed guns. That was my background. But I was also a skeet and trap shooter. And I was also a rifle shooter. And when I would go in the rifle ranges underground, 100 yards, 200 yards, there was a target we had to shoot at. And what you wanted to do is you wanted to get your grouping of five shots as close to the center of that target. Well, you know what? When we're in the kingdom of God, we want our target group to be all around Jesus. But all those outer rings should be all about Jesus. It's not all about us. It's all about Him. So if He's the center of our life, everything, all the circles around Jesus should be part of our life. And you know what? I am, and you can get mad at me, and I don't know, you know uh, what your pastor will say. He'll rebuke me after, but that's okay. I'm, I'm going on 61. I can take it. But I want to say something to you. Choose your words, Charlie. Okay. Hmm. How can I say this? Huh. 
got to stop telling everybody how much Jesus loves them. It's wonderful. But you got to demonstrate it more. You've got to open your homes. You've got to go out into your highways and your byways and, and you know, not be afraid and not be able to do things. Sometimes I go to restaurants with people and the waitress will come up or the waiter will come up and they'll say, Hi, I'm, I'm Brandy. I'll be your waitress. Hi, Brandy. How are you? And then I watch everybody at the table. Oh, God, he's going to do it. <laughs> Brandy, is there anything you need in your life that we can pray for you that you might need? <laughs> and then there's sometimes they just break down and cry. I was in Abbotsford, British Columbia. The waitress sat right down at the table with us and just started to pour her heart out. You know what? We are in a world where people are just waiting to hear the good news. Don't let them call 1-800-PSYCHIC. Don't let them be doing... You've got the answer. Your testimony alone can set people free. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's not about us. It's all about telling people He died under His Father's judgment against our sins so that He could rescue us from constant falling into sin to make His very own people with the cleansed hearts and real enthusiasm for doing good for others. That's what Titus 2.14 tells us. That's what it's all about. Telling people about a God who sent His only begotten Son who He so loved dearly that He would die on the cross for our sins that we would have everlasting life. People need to know the good news because all they're getting hit with is bad news. I look at what's going on in the world today and I think about Judah. Judah lived in a terrible conditions year after year. Judah would plant a field expecting 40 bushels and get a half. Come on, have you ever done something, laid something before the Lord, expecting a big return, and you get a half? Or a quarter? Or a tenth? The corn, the wine, the oils were all depleting. But one day, Pastor Joel gets this great idea during a prayer meeting. Say, I love prayer meetings. He gets this idea during a prayer meeting. He exhorts the people. He says, be glad and rejoice. Uh-oh, what did he eat last night? Rejoice and be glad. We're dying here. God is about to do great and mighty things. Boy, his elevator stopped going to the top floor. He's out there. Look around you. See, that's our problem. We can't look around us and we can't look at the situations and we can't look at, at things through the natural eyes or the lenses of Egypt. We have to look through the heavenly lenses. We have to look through the lenses of the Holy Spirit and see things as God sees them. You know, Pastor Joel's congregation were murmuring. They were complaining. They were asking God, why aren't you blessing us? Everything is drying up. Yet Pastor Joel prophesied contrary to the present situation. That's how God moves today. He's always moved that way. 
and he will move today in the same way. Joel could not stay silent. And I believe this is a church that can no longer stay silent because the season is about to change. There is a coming rain, a revival in proportions, in dimensions that this church has not seen to this day. You've had a former rain that's been falling upon you in the past, says the Lord your God. There's been showers and there's been sprinkles, sprinklings of a latter rain but falling, but know this, says the Lord, there is something better coming, says the Lord your God. As prophet Joel prophesied joy in the end times harvest, this church will see work like it's never seen before. Every hand will be needed. It is all hands on deck. The days of smallness are over with, says the Lord your God. It's not a time to be as as a servant was going and saying, what cloud? I don't see any cloud. I don't see any rain. I don't hear anything. It's time for this church to get up and start walking. You are not crippled. You're not lame any longer. God has healed this church. God has put you in the right place at the right time. You are in the right season. And now God is saying, I'm going to equip you for more. It's time. Get this. The Lord says, it's time for you to occupy your cities. It's time to occupy the things in your home. It's time to... Pray hell out and have it in. Come on. It's time. You're going to be a people that are going to take the land. You're going to take the territory. You're going to take the people. And you're going to be successful at everything you lay your hands on. Why? Because this is a house of covenant. Covenant relationships. A house of communion. A place where... You dwell together in unity. You know, Psalm 133 says, where there is unity, there is a commanded blessing. And does not the Word say, for upon this rock I will build My church and the powers of hell will not prevail against it? Come on now. This church has been on a great adventure. It's been awesome. But God says, it's about to get better. You've stood in awe of what God has already done. And it's been amazing. It's been amazing what He's done. And, and I don't know why, but the Lord said to me this morning, what you have seen in these past four years has truly been a manifestation of God's mighty hand. But, say but, what you're about to see is far bigger. Manifestation of the hand of God in your city, in your surrounding areas. You've got to believe it. You've got to be as Elijah, faithful to do the work that He's called you to do in the field without looking for any gain. And I, the Lord your God, will toss upon you a new mantle made just for you when you least expect it. Can I take a little bunny trail here? We're doing good. We're doing good. We're good. Okay, just tackle me if you have to. Okay? Elijah, Elijah threw his cloak or his mantle on Elisha's shoulders. Can I tell you something? Elisha wasn't sleeping. You're all laughing. Alright. He was working in the field. 
A mantle is found by working, not by waiting. Uh, you know what? I got a promise of the mantle. Honey, get me another lemonade. It'll be coming shortly. Well, that's a luck. Because it ain't going to come. A mantle will find a disciplined lifestyle to fall on. Disciplined. That means... You just don't use it on Sunday mornings. You know, when I was the executive pastor at the church, I mean, I laugh when I look back on what we used to do. I used to stand up and make an announcement. We have 55 Bibles in the lobby. Can you... Um, and they all have names in them. So before I stand up next week and let, read the names on the list of whose Bibles they are, you might want to pick them up. There wasn't one Bible left. You've got to read this. Now, I'm not being moralistic or legalistic, but you know, how do you expect the Word of God to get into your heart? In the name of Jesus, I osmosis this Bible, this Word into my heart. How dumb can you be and still breathe? Excuse me. It wants a disciplined life to fall on. Because there's destiny in this house. There's destiny on your lives. And I know something about destiny. Destiny is not a matter of cho- chance. It's a matter of choice. It's not a thing to be waited for. It's a thing to be achieved. Hallelujah. Elijah's lifestyle was focused on life, focused on work, focused on family, and he knew how to carry responsibility. That word responsibility means to be, to understand an obligation, to have a duty or a burden to make sure that you do what you say you're going to do. And all God's people said, that was a warm one to get through. Our default, we minimize. I'm almost there. We minimize the potential of what we see. Don't minimize the potential of what you see. 1 Corinthians 2.14 tells us the natural man cannot perceive the things of the Spirit. A spiritually minded person sees potential. He sees that God is on his side. He has confidence or she has confidence in God. We've got to have confidence in God. God is not carved. Look at what you've got around you. Look at the people that are sitting here. This is a small army. But you know what? This is an army that can take the land. Come on, be as Gideon was. You know, I mean, stop putting out the fleeces and and waiting for this or that. When God says something, when God speaks, and He says, I'm going to hand the city over to you, there should be no questions asked. Yet I got people on my staff, I make a statement, I'll say, God said, and then they got 22 questions. Pastor, what about this? Pastor, what about that? Pastor, what about this? Finally, one day I says, Give me your list. I said, oh yeah, they were all excited, you know, got 14 employees, you know. Here you go, Pastor, here's my list. (laughs) Stop being so doubting Thomas. Oh, and then, well, we got to have wisdom. Don't worry, 
God's wisdom is plenty. He'll give us wisdom, but don't rain on our parade. God has spoken. And when God speaks, He fulfills. Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise the small beginnings for the okay hallelujah it's not hey listen i can do it without a mic believe me <laughs> they call me no mic no mic chuck they also call me the ex-lax pastor so i should tell you that many times i leave a church and you lose people <laughs> <laughs> ah you got it <laughs> okay can i get back to elijah and wrap this up Imagine what was going on in that servant's mind with Elijah. What is this guy's problem? I told him there's no rain. I told him there's no cloud. What's he want me to do? A rain dance? There's no rain! And then I got thinking, I wonder what was going on in Elijah's mind. Because you know what? When God speaks something, come on, don't all look at me like this, but I've been there. You know, God speaks something, and then all of a sudden you say, man, I wish I, I would have kicked myself, I should have never said that God was going to do this, you know, and you start to hear this little voice in your heart say, shut up. When I got put in as an elder at our church, Manuel Canastrasi prayed over me and my wife in front of the whole church, packed out. We're like, oh, we're going to get the most awesome word, Manuel Canastrasi. He walks up and he goes, Thus saith the Lord, there's a time to open your mouth and a time to shut your mouth. And then he turned around and walked away from me. (laughs) How profound that word was. I can't tell you how many times I wish I would have shut my mouth. But you know that, that enemy comes in, and you know the Word says that he tries to rob the seed even before it hits the ground. And we start to second-guess ourselves. But you know what? Elijah didn't second-guess itself. You know why? Because, remember I told you in the beginning, radical people? Radical people, you know, we always like to use the word extraordinary. No. Radical people are extra, E-X-T-R-A, ordinary. I am extraordinary. You are extraordinary because every one of you are above the ordinary and the obvious. We have the anointing of God upon our lives. God has made us mighty warriors in His sight. We can't give up. You can't give up. You can't say, I can see some of you getting in the car now, what did He mean about we can't stay where we're at? Well, (laughs) I don't know what else I could tell you, but I don't think this is where you need to be. I believe God's going to smack dab you right where all the action is. And I'm being real cautious because this is my first time here and, and we've already talked, so, you know, we'll go from there. But get this, finally! Finally! Say finally. Finally. The servant sees... And comes to Elijah and says in verse 44, Oh man, I see a clown. Man, oh man of God, you were not nuts. (laughs) It's small. 
no bigger than a man's hand. But it's rising out of the sea. Oh, I love this. I get the chills. Even in this heat, I'm getting the chills. Elijah jumps to his feet and he says, you better go and warn Ahab. It's really going to rain and he better leave now. Folks, it's about to really rain now and you need to get up and go. What does go mean? Hello. Don't overcomplicate it. He says, quickly then, on your way, tell Ahab, saddle up, buddy, and get down from that mountain before the rain stops you. Because it's going to rain. It's going to rain. Tell him if he doesn't get going, he's going to get stuck in the mud. How many are sick of being stuck in the mud? I am sick of being stuck in the mud. I want what God's got for me. We have to see like we've never seen before. Church, you need to start seeing like you've never seen before. The natural eyes say it's only a cloud. Our spiritual eyes say, better get up, man. The season is changing. Better get ready. There is so much rain in that cloud. You better get ready. Get your boots on. It's full of God. And it's going to overtake us. And there's revival in that cloud. There's rebuilding in that cloud. There's restoration in that cloud. Blessings are coming to this house. Hope, miracles, strongholds being broken, breakthroughs, restoration, revelation, children returning home, healing, fulfillment of the spoken word over your lives in the church. It's all coming together. If I could say anything to you, I would go and grab every prophetic word that's been spoken over this church and lay them out on your big dining room table from the beginning to the end and start looking for the commonality or the string that's in there all the way, says the Lord your God, and you're going to find the map, you're going to find the GPS, that's going to take you into your destiny. For it's all starting to fit together like a puzzle. It's coming together. You really don't see anything? You really don't hear anything? I don't think so. Don't look to the chariots and don't look to the horses of this world. You won't see anything. Don't look to Egypt. Look to heaven. The hand of the Lord was upon Elijah and the hand of the Lord is upon you. Tell your neighbor, the hand of the Lord is upon you. Come on, you've got to believe it. Again, tell your other neighbor, the hand of the Lord is upon you. Turn around and tell your neighbor, put your boots on. The rain is coming. Let our words be this. I know in my heart with great confidence God is up to something and it's big. It's a new season. And it is going to rain. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com. 